Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is a place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 270, it's a bucket list interview with author, speaker, Bible teacher, Beth Moore. But somehow I shifted that expectation over to Jesus and he became my one. Don't misunderstand me. That did not drop Keith down. It just put things in their proper place. It meant that I didn't expect of Keith what only Jesus was going to be able to deliver me. And so I look back on the course of my life and I try to picture if everything had gone closer to what I had hoped. And then I try to picture, would I be as mesmerized with Jesus as I am? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. All I know is this was the path that I took. And what God did was meet me every single day of it and got me through and did do uh, works in Keith's heart. But more than that, he did them in mine. If I look at a timeline of my spiritual maturity, I have been following Christ since kindergarten. But there are peaks and there are valleys. And one peak in my spiritual growth story is when I moved to Dallas and I was invited to be a part of a Bible study and a mentor's home. And we gathered together and listened to Beth Moore fire us up about God's Word and continue to do study after study. And I sat there thinking, oh my goodness, I want to do this. I am inspired and I'm not the only one. I'm sure you have your Beth Moore story, a study that you did of hers that changed and altered how you see God and how you lived your life. Well, today she is on the show. And what's so fantastic is she's talking about a topic I have wanted to have her encourage us on, but she and I didn't coordinate. I had it in my heart to talk about this, and she brought it up, and she gets vulnerable about marriage and when it's hard and when your spouse isn't a spiritual leader, and at the end, she prays over us. Oh, it's so exciting. So we're going to get to that, but before we do, I want to tell you about something to make your life a little bit easier, especially if into the new year, you're wanting to feed your family healthier foods. It's called Prep Dish, and it's a meal planning subscription service. What that means is every week you get a meal plan in your inbox. And in that meal plan, it has four different dinners, a lunch, breakfast, dessert, and their grocery list and how to prep everything ahead of time and then what to do each a meal, how to cook it. Using Prep Dish has simplified my meal planning system. It has exposed my boys to some different foods they may not have tried, and it's allowed me to intentionally have family dinners every week. And I want to help you do the same. If you want to try it out, go to prepdish.com forward slash DMA. You get two weeks of meal plans for free. Just go to prepdish.com forward slash DMA. All right. Let's get to my chat with Beth Moore. Here we go. Of all the things I've gotten to do today, and I've done several podcasts today, and I've gotten to have some great conversations, and I've got to see some great visuals, but I've got to say, Heather, <laughs> what I'm looking in the screen <laughs> at right now, I wish everybody could see because you are in your closet. Is this yes, in, your, in your master bedroom? Yes, ma'am. Okay, mm -hmm. in your closet. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. looking at you between hanging clothes and back behind you. I'm seeing what looks to be stacked sweaters, and I think you saw me, showed me oh. a sports bra a minute ago. Oh. Oh, you no. don't even know. No. And, the, and the episode that went live beginning in January is with a gal who's talking about decluttering. And I couldn't stand it. When we were talking, I was like, if she could see no, the no, pile at my feet, you don't even okay. see the pile at my feet. Listen, so. there's nothing anyone could have told me about you that it would have made me fall deeper in love with you than I am this moment. And that I am even thinking about the humor of you doing a podcast with someone about decluttering and you were sitting in your closet at the time. I, I mean, I'm yours, girl. I'm in the palm of your hand. Take well, me anywhere and I'll go. Oh, Beth, I'm 
I mean, I've replayed in my mind at least a thousand times. How do I welcome Beth Moore Listen, onto the, way, the show? In your closet. Yeah. In How your do closet. I say, Beth Moore, do you know the impact you've had? Or Beth Moore, you know, I've replayed it. And this was how I, no. si- I saw it. Exactly this. This no. is perfection. <laughs> this, this is better. Is, this is what does it for me right here. Above and beyond what we could ask or, or imagine. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. our dreams of the future have come true. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Well, thank you for grace and laughter and just being with us today. Honestly, oh, man. this is my pleasure. I don't love anything more than I love being in a conversation with women. This is it. This well, is you it, right? know, I mean, you've been told enough times that you are our spiritual mother. Hopefully you have heard this enough times. You're so gracious to say that. And I'm going to tell you from the time I was a little bitty girl, uh, I wouldn't have known. It was by the time I was in school, I knew that I loved the idea of teaching. But from mm. the time I was the smallest girl, you know, I, I wanted to mother everything everything I could get my hands on all the way from uh, baby dolls to Barbie dolls to trolls. And, you know, I'm still trying to love trolls. I I just did not see that coming in in my adult years, in my aged years, but I cannot tell you what it's meant to me to be part of the mother generation in uh, on planet earth and, and to see you young women come up, I mean, rise up in the ranks and take your places in the gospel work of Christ, Heather. Oh Mm. my goodness. There's nothing like it. Well, and I think in one of my imagined introductions, I was going to tell you that it was you and Jill Briscoe. You were the two women that were the first women who made me aware there was an option for me outside of what I was seeing in my day-to-day. There's an option for a woman to study God's word with fervor and enthusiasm and to share with excitement and humor and to disciple women. I mean, this, my whole world, when I was introduced to you and Jill Briscoe, just exploded with, oh man, I didn't even know I had a dream, but now I have a dream. And so thank you. I, I can't tell you. Uh, how that blesses me. And Heather, isn't that the way it's got to go? Mm. Because even in my own life, uh, when I've been asked, what was it that God used to flip that light on for you? And what was it that sort of gave you the vision for what you were called to do? And it was exactly what you're saying. It was seeing it in people. Mm. And one of the things I love to say to you young women is for every single time you say that to one of your big sisters, someone's going to say that to you. Mm -hmm. You will be in my generation and you will see the uh, young women coming up behind you that got to see a glimpse of a wider range of opportunities, that it was not just a a singular or even a, a binary picture of what it had to look like to be a female follower of Jesus. Yeah. That all that what he's saying is follow me. What that looks like, we, we know it's going to involve certain very specific things, which will be for all of us. If we're going to follow him, we can't follow him if we're not in his word. Uh, we can't follow him if we have no conversational life with him, no dialogue with him through prayer. And uh, so we know a couple of those different things, but where he chooses to lead us and where how he chooses to fashion us is very, very uh, distinctive from one uh, to the next. And so I love this part of it. I love that we're getting to see lots of different ways that he's using people in the kingdom that can only be good for us. Mm. Well, and I know that you are not one to point the spotlight on yourself, and this isn't, you want to make big of Jesus. I do too. We want to give him glory. Yeah, we do. But we, I'm trying this new structure in 2020 with with the show, talking about pain points and helping guide women through that and issues in motherhood and how do we, what were some lies we were believing, what were some solutions. And I'm guessing, because I've seen it in my own life and I'm guessing with you that with service comes sacrifice. Yes. Because again, we're following Jesus. That was the model he gave. And so for you, as that applies to motherhood, 
you know, you didn't maybe have this modeled for you of what it looks like to study God's word, write studies, go speak and travel. Was there any problem in motherhood related to that? What did you experience or would you be willing to share with us? I'd be delighted to. You know, I'm so anxious to give what I have. I tell young women often, listen, I don't have a lot of things. I sure as heck don't have everything. Uh, but what I have, I will give you both in my failures and in the things that God, by His grace, caused to work. But you are so right. I didn't have anything I was going by. What I had was an all-consuming passion for Scripture. I mm. mean, what I'm telling you is it burned in me like a fire. And so I literally could not let it go. So at the same time, I wanted, and still to this day, I wanted to mother my own children. I want to know when my grandchildren have a cold. <laughs> I want to know when they have a big test. Night before last, I talked to my Annabeth on the phone. She's 10, and she was telling me that she feels like one of her teachers doesn't like her. I want to know that. I want to know what her teacher's name is. This morning, <laughs> I used her teacher's name in prayer, yeah. and I want those things. And mm. So one of the earliest sacrifices, Heather, and you would have, I'm sure, already experienced it because I knew what I want. I knew instinctively from the beginning what I wanted most. I had surrendered to ministry when I was 18, but I had no idea what it was. All in the world I heard in my spirit, it was not even in words. It was just this like, your future is mine. You'll work for me. And I, what? I didn't even know what I could do. (laughs) Right, right. I just continued on with my education the way I'd already planned to to live out my pre-graduate work. And I, I got my degree and just, you know, waited to see what he began to develop. But by the time my kids were little, I knew that I wanted to do both those things. I wanted to fulfill my calling. And I also knew that a very important part of my calling was that I was a, a wife and mom. And I, I didn't want to sacrifice either for the other. But what I did, because we can't do, I don't care who you are. I don't care how gifted you are. I don't care how much it looks to everybody else like you are doing a thousand things to the glory of God. It is impossible. It's physically impossible to do that many things. So there has to be this narrowing. And for me, oh my word, by the time I was writing, my kids were in school by this time. Uh, When they were in in Mother's Day out and in kindergarten and in elementary school, already by then, during those hours, I was going to this luncheon that I, w- I was speaking at this breakfast or I was teaching this study that and then I'd come back and turn into a pumpkin, you know, when, when it got time for school to be out. And it was all this weighing back and forth. But by the time they were in middle school, I was flat out writing curricula. And so I was very, very much beginning to pour my hours during the day into writing. And then every couple of weeks going to speak somewhere for a night and returning the next night. So what I gave up was a very big part of my social life. And I've said so many times, listen, if somebody said, well, man, that's, that's a shame. It, it surely was. And was it expensive to me? Yes. Hmm. Yes. It, it's not that it was not a loss. It was an enormous loss. It's just that I can't do all of it. Hmm. And so I don't, you know, do a lot of the things that I, I wish I could, but I don't get to go a lot of times and have lunch with friends, but that's where I'm so glad God brought them to the ministry and I have them here. But I was weighing those two things. I thought when I, when my life is over, even though I will have missed those things and laid down some things that I would have would have liked to have had. I have friendships, but I just don't, I don't have much of a social life. My yeah. social life is, is my family. Mm. And, um, and then I do ministry. So, but I knew when my life was over, when it was done, when it was coming to an end, what would I most have wanted to give myself to? And I, I knew it was those things. And mm. so, of course, there were sacrifices uh, for the uh, kids because every other Friday night, this was when they were little, they were with dad till I got home Saturday afternoon. And I went fast and came, came back quickly. But I still, you know, no little girls want to say bye to their mommies. And mm. so there were those things. And then there began to be the... Uh, challenges of being out and about, maybe at church, maybe now they were waiting for me after Sunday school 
and there were a lot of people talking and they were ready to yeah. go home because we went to worship first and then Sunday school. And, you know, there were those kinds of things where it began to be on their radar. Our lives aren't entirely normal. And then, of course, they just got increasingly abnormal. But God, I have to believe, calls the whole family. He knows what it's got to look like. And he causes his will to work. He doesn't let us get away with it working flawlessly. We are on a broken planet here and we're flawed and frail people, but we're at functions and we made it and are still making it, Heather. Well, it's just been, it's just still a journey. I think there's something in us that wants to be fully present for our kids all the time. And I don't even know that that was true a hundred years ago in an agricultural society (laughs) that kids got their parents. 100% of the time, but there's this feeling that we should be or we desire to be. And what you have the gift of is perspective with grown children. And I had the privilege of getting to travel with your girls. I don't know if you knew that. I went to Mexico with them. Heather, I did know that, but I had not thought about that today before our conversation. Well, yes. You did a great job. They are fantastic girls. Thank you for saying that. I think that... Grace of God. Well, this is what I'm trying to help the mom who's listening, who maybe she's in a full-time job and she's feeling like, oh, I'm missing too many moments. Or, you know, maybe she's a single mom and she's pulled, she doesn't have the social life. Or, you know, to give her the encouragement that... I want to. Yeah, we we aren't going to be able to fill all those things, and God is faithful. So Uh, He is so faithful, and let me tell you, there is grace for every day. I always think of the mercies of God when He says uh, in Lamentations, when we're told that His mercies are new every morning, and I think of it in terms. Do you remember that wonderful chapter in Exodus uh, 16 where it talks about the manna, and and the manna was always what they needed. Each person Mm -hmm. went out and gathered for themselves and for their household. And it was always exactly what they needed. And I always think of those two things together because I think grace is always given according to our need. And um, I want to tell you, I don't think that our kids expect us to be perfect. Can you imagine what it would be like to grow up under where where you had parents you thought, and we know, of course, they'd be making mistakes where they couldn't see them. But what if you didn't think they really did make many mistakes. If they didn't own that, imagine what that would be like to come up under. But what I do think they mean for us to give them is our authenticity, that we are the same people when they see us at home as Mm -hmm. when they see us meet someone out, that they are seeing that our faith walk is real, that we are pursuing wholeness in Christ, that when we blow it and we will, we are people that can say, oh, I tell you, mom was so stressed this morning and my mouth, I can't even believe I said what I said. And I'm just asking you, I even think Heather, I love that I was able to tell my kids, you know what? Mom's talking to somebody about this. You know, I didn't hesitate Uh, to tell them. I'm seeing a counselor right now. I have been in counseling. Yeah. But I I realize that we are having a struggle as a family right now. We had a very difficult time in my marriage when they were in middle school. Mm. And man, I flat picked them up and took them with me uh, to meet with a counselor so that we could talk through some of it. And they were so mad at me. (laughs) But to this day, they are so thankful, you know, to just say, okay, you're not imagining that there Mm. is a stress level that is really high in the home right now and that you're feeling something between Mm. us. But here is what I can tell you. We're committed to being okay. And if we're not okay, we're going to make sure you are, you're going to be okay if it means that we have to get away from each other a little while till we can pull it together, that they know that they are prioritized and that their safety and security is Mm. utmost to us. I mean, and even your authenticity to share that with us and a world where we unfortunately put too many people up on pedestals. I don't want it. 
You don't know who I don't, I don't want. want that. No one wants that. It. It's not fair. It's mm-hmm. unkind. Mm-hmm. Pastors are crumbling. Ministers are crumbling under the weight of it. It's, it's, it's a holiness. It's only it. allotted for one. And so thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being honest because I get those messages from moms who are struggling in their marriages and it is helpful them to hear. You mean even Beth Moore did? That's what they say. Even so-and-so did as if there's some holiness you have that's different. We were a train wreck. And what we have is our honest journey that it was true, that we have hung in there and endured and pursued God in the midst of it. That's what we have. And I'll tell you what's very interesting with this world we live in now. And this is old news, but it's that it's a current problem. Yes, we've all talked about it, but it still is a huge problem. And that's that we are honestly thinking that people's lives are like their Instagram images. And it is a lie. It is a lie. Sometimes I feel so rebellious. Uh, I remember when on a holiday, Amanda did a little video of me and that morning I had decided to go ahead and I just really dressed up for my family. And I think I had put on some lashes or whatever. I don't, but I, you know, I was a little bit dressed up and she took a funny video because I had stuffed a handkerchief down in my in my turtleneck because well it wasn't a handkerchief I, it was a paper towel and it was sticking out she said mother i'm going to video that right now well people came back into that video and said you look so young or you look so this or you look so that and and it hit me so strangely that the very next video i did was i mean no i scraped my face clean and went no straight on there and went here you go here you go because it was just like I love women, Heather. I don't want them to think this is real. I want to wear my lip gloss, but I want them to know I wasn't born with it. Well, you are a Texan. Were you born in Texas? No, I was born in Arkansas, but okay, I've lived okay. here since I was 15. Okay. I, I'm not from Texas, but I feel like the rule is you don't leave house without something on your lips. Well, I feel just, like that's a rule and, and around A little here. mascara. You know, that's just us. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's, just, it's just us. But I, oh, I will tell you, yeah. I, when we all uh, wash our faces yeah. and put our pajamas on, man, it's just like we're trying to make it. Yeah. We're trying to make it. And if it's not one realm of trying to make it, it's another. Like it's just, mm. it's different things today than it was when my kids were toddlers. But it still is basically, Lord, Again today, it's the whole Ebenezer Stone. Yep, I was just Here, talking about that with my, my kids. Oh yes, my I was just literally thus in the car. Far, we were just talking about it. Yes. Oh, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Jumping in here to tell y'all about another one of our sponsors. Y'all have heard me talk about this before, how one of parents' biggest frustrations is how to discipline their kids. Parents want their kids to learn from their mistakes, but so often kids just feel punished and learning doesn't take place and resentment grows. The problem is that many parents are focused solely on changing behavior. They're not considering how to change it and how to connect with their kids' hearts. Well, my friends over at Connected Families believe that the perfect time to connect with your child's heart and grow wisdom and responsibility is actually during Discipline. That's right. Jim and Lynn Jackson have taught this idea for over 20 years in live workshops and parent coaching sessions, and now they're offering an eight-session online course for you to take in the comfort of your own home. You've heard Jim and Lynn on the show so many times in the past, and you know I keep talking about how much I've learned through their coaching and through this online course. Well, I'm excited to offer this course to you at 15% off. Just go to the show notes to find the link to register and use the code DMA. 15. That's DMA15 to save 15% off your registration of this course. Okay, hang on to your hats because it's only going to keep getting better with Beth. And I do have a question for you as our spiritual mentor. I literally just got this DM, a young mom. She is, I'm saying young mom, I get in trouble sometimes when I say young mom. This literally, she called herself a young mom and she has young kids. Says she got married too young. Her spouse doesn't walk with the Lord. She feels like he doesn't have a good relationship with her son. What should she do? And I mean, may, may uh, I be so bold to say that that was me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Keith would not mind me saying that I did not 
raise a boy, but I will tell you that I was in what would have been a really compatible relationship when I was in college, and so was he. And we met one another and dropped those relationships. I was engaged, Heather. Dropped those relationships like a hot iron and jumped in one another's lives together and were married the next year and moved all that baggage. I honestly think I looked across that campus and thought, okay, who has as many problems as I do, as much baggage as I do, but is cute enough for me to stand them. And that would have been Keith Moore. And we moved all that into one house. And I've told so many people, and this is what I would tell her. I have to accept that God in his sovereignty had me in this place. Now, you know, I can go back and reason this a thousand different ways. Does that mean that he set out for me to be an exact, I, that's too much for me to think of, but yes, yeah. I believe there's his mystery will was to embrace. There's yes, mystery. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. mystery. But what I will tell you is that most of the women I serve were in my situation and are mm. in my situation yeah. in that they did not marry somebody heavy duty in the faith a really heavy hitter spiritually, that that was the one that was getting up and praying over their home. And that uh, most of them, even though they may wish they did, the fact was they didn't. A whole lot of women I serve are not even altogether sure. They think their husbands are in the faith. They're not positive. Yeah. And God has put it to use. I look at other couples and I think, man, they, they got to have it all. Hmm. But I don't know the inside of their life. What I do know is that God put me in the position, Heather, where he was going to burn the fake out of me. He used those fiery trials, and I'm thinking in terms of First Peter chapter 1, when he says that these fiery trials come, that they may prove us genuine. And I would say to her, I am so glad that I endured. Uh, it's a different situation. I hope so much she's listening to us, but someone like her, Heather, is listening oh, to uh for everyone uh, that, I get, I'm sure there's that, a thousand. Yeah, okay, yeah. that hardship is very different from abuse. Please understand, mm -hmm. yes, Heather, and I would both tell you this. Yes, when yes. you are in danger and when you are being harmed, that's another matter altogether. You get yourself to a safe place and you find yourself uh, some help and you get yourself some good, um, solid counseling and get in proper hands. But I'm talking about your run-of-the-mill man I am in a hard marriage, and did I make a mistake? Yeah. And I will tell you this. I'll tell you that I do a whole lot of life with a whole lot of people that got married under really good circumstances, and they also would tell you that their marriages were still hard. We yeah. always want to think, mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. mine is especially hard. Well, yeah. truth be told, <laughs> most people's are especially hard. But for me, God had his way in it. What he did, Heather, I don't know how much encouragement this is going to be in the now, but to someone listening in 10 years, this is going to mean something to her. So I, I want her to tuck it in her heart today. And I'm going to try not to choke up as I say this, because this is very dear. This is very tender to me. This is where it gets very real. What the Lord did to me or for me by my not having everything in my Cinderella mind that I thought I was going to have this forever romance, this man that was just always going to desire me and would never, ever look away from me and would all these things that I was just going to meet his every need and be the center of his focus. And, it, and where I got this, my parents had a terrible marriage, Heather, where right. I came up with this, who knows, but right. this thing, this hope, you hope you're the one that can hold all this interest and can be all of these things. And then life happens. And for me, it did not turn out that way. But what did happen is that somehow because I couldn't have this relationship in flesh and blood that was absolutely unquenchable, this romance that would last an eternity. I could see it for what it was. I could receive it for the good 
and the goodness that it was. But somehow I shifted that expectation over to Jesus and he became my one. Don't misunderstand me. That did not drop Keith down. It just put things in their proper place. It meant that I didn't expect of Keith what only Jesus was going to be able to deliver me. And so I look back on the course of my life and I try to picture if everything had gone closer to what I had hoped. And then I try to picture, would I be as mesmerized with Jesus as I am. And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. All I know is this was the path that I took. And what God did was meet me every single day of it and got me through and did do uh, works in Keith's heart. But more than that, he did them in mine, Heather. He did them in mine. And my kids know it was real. That they would be able to tell you. I don't know everything my kids would say behind my back. If someone (laughs) said, is she that woman? There's no doubt in my mind. They would go for better or for worse. Yes. They, so it's so that we tease. I don't know. You can bleep this. Well, no, I tell you, I'll, I'll find, I'll, I'll, I know what word I'll use instead. Okay, okay. I'll use a close word, but you know, they'll call me from time to time. They'll say she was the tightest woman from heck. Only, you know, they don't say heck. <laughs> what they mean by that is I just did not hold back. Yeah. I was one of those that was going to say, I'm so on to you. Unfortunately, you don't have the mother that is naive. You ha- listen, I went this road. I know how this goes. So it was that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, what I hear from you and what if, if you are listening and you're thinking ah, th- that is me, I, I have that spouse who isn't living up to what my ideal was. And, and you said, Beth, that you don't know where it came from. But I think what you were also saying was what it came from was this God-given desire in all of us for Jesus. Yes. And we transplant it onto people all the time, yes, whether do. it's friends or a parent or our kids and or a spouse. And to release that person is where the change starts. And so that's the advice I think you're giving her is it, don't feel like you need to be his Holy Spirit or no. you I, I asked her if she was connected in community or at a church and she said one friend told her she needed to write him a letter. And I I thought, well you could write all the letters, but a person's heart changes when God softens it and a person's heart changes when the Holy Spirit moves. And so that's what I'm hearing in your story is that you put your attention towards your change. It's the truth because it doesn't doesn't work to become their sheriff. It, It doesn't. And to be responsible for their spiritual life, to stick the Bible in front of them, and to make sure that your memory verses, this is a trap we get into. We're going to- I'll buy them a study. How many, of, uh, how yeah. many studies and have I bought? What, what, my verse, my memory verse is going to be on my index card that I'm going to tape on my mirror. It's going to be one I think he needs. <laughs> what he needs. So yeah, that yeah, he yeah. can see it. You know, this, none of this works. It's yeah. just, we've got to pursue it. And we've got to just bow down. What I love this, picture of just bowing down in submission before the Lord. I just go, you know what? I can't fix this, but I need to leave space for you to work. Mm. And so here, I'm going to submit myself to you. And here's this space. I can't do it, but Lord, you can. And then we just watch him go to work. He is faithful. He is faithful. And you mentioned, you know, that might be something that helps her 10 years from now. When you were in those days, the, this middle school years for your girls, did you ever believe the lie that this situation is going to um, ruin my girls or they need yes. a spiritual leader or the man has to be the spiritual leader? How did you handle that? Did you, just, did you move forward and you just took the reins and you said, I'll be the spiritual leader? Um, or did you wait on him? How did you handle that? All of those things. I'm going to tell you 
it is so interesting that you would ask me this today. I was rearranging some things in a room in my home the other day that I sort of use as my library at home, so there's shelves on it. And I stopped and stared at a little window box kind of a thing I had done after we had moved from our home. Heather, you've got such a lump in my throat because these things that we're talking about, you know, I, I can talk about Bible study all day long and be in absolute you know, glee and joy and all of those things and feel all that fire and passion. But when we get into the reality of motherhood in the midst of so many things coming against us, man, this is where, oh, my heart just explodes in me uh, with compassion and with just memory of my own walk. But I was staring at this thing that I had made when we had moved out of our home of 27 years. We raised our kids for a really long time in one home. And I had put little mementos in there. And one of the things that I had done, I was trying to think, you know how you get under so much pressure, Heather, because whatever the going thing is, and then it was that every godly family, and I wanted to be a godly family. And <laughs> you every want to follow godly, the formula. Yeah, yeah, Godly yeah. family. Well, godly families always do daily devotionals. And uh, well, right. how in the world do you, <laughs> I mean, this is kind of pressure that gets put on us. Oh my gosh. So I thought, well, how in the world can we do daily devotionals? Because my husband doesn't like this kind of thing. And so I set up a little area on the hearth of our home. This was for years. I have such a such emotion in my throat telling you about this because it's dear. I I think the Lord looked on me and thought a couple of things. I think he thought bless her heart. And I think he loved me and saw me trying so hard mm. and saw me trying to navigate that in my mind I knew somehow I wanted my husband to be the head of my home, and he was in finances and so many of those things, but spiritually, which was the most important thing in my life, here we were. And so I began an age-appropriate altar in the morning. I would just tell him, I said, this is what we'll do. When mom gets up, I will have done my, I'd, I'll have had my quiet time, and I, all I ask you to do is I'll have open a little devotional that's age-appropriate for you, and I'll have a scripture for our day, and I want you to sign it. After you've done it, you just sign it. And I said, I will leave it open. And if your daddy wants to, he can. And if he doesn't, he won't sign it. He won't do it. And I said, but as many of us as do that day. And this became our practice for uh, a good while. And one of the ones that I <laughs> so choked up one of the ones that is on this little window box is all four of our names. Mm. And uh, mm. we did it that day and did it some. It just represented to me a young woman trying so hard uh, to navigate it. And um, you know what? It was not wasted on the Lord. He knew I wanted so much to honor him, and I did not want to upset how it was supposed to be. And yet I wanted so much to make sure that responsibility was taken. And I didn't know how else to do it, but to take it, to raise these children up in the admonition of the Lord and to love. Listen, Heather, I didn't just want my kids to understand that God was the high and holy boss of our right. lives. Right. I wanted them to think that Jesus Christ was the most wonderful thing that could ever happen to a life. And those were important things to me. And that, I think, by some miracle of God, got across. And I want to say something to somebody because some mama's listening, and I want her to hear this when you say, when you did you think that they were going to be hurt by it? They were going to say, uh, <laughs> well, they were. Mm. Of course they were. I'll never forget. Mm. One of the things we have on our side in our family is honesty. And when both of my girls, oh my gosh, when both of my girls, well, listen, we're getting in the business now. Yeah, I love it. I both love of it. my girls launched and when Amanda got married, he said, listen, you're going to need counseling because of your mother and I, and I just <laughs> want you to know that I'm going to pay for it. Mm. And by golly, we tried to honor that because we were so messed up. I came from a background of sexual abuse. He came from a background of tragedy. Mm -hmm. and uh, all of that rolled in one house, and it was just a mess, but God was good to us, and we set an example of seeking help, mm -hmm. and 
both of them followed suit. And, uh, you know, we just went, we got no pride where this is concerned, where we've hurt you and where we've tripped you up. We own it. We ask your forgiveness. And we ask, how can we help you navigate it? And, you know, today, Heather, and throughout, they've loved us and esteemed us. And we have a close family. Mm. I mean, you may have seen my tears or not, given the shadow this weird light of my your closet, closet is casting. Of your closet, Heather. Um, but I know personally that power of that fourth signature. Yes. Oh, And Heather. the hope you just gave someone. Mm. Mm. Of just Literally, being, I can feel the chills on my arms. I'm with you, girl. I'm with you. To not stop. That's right. Pursuing God. To not stop modeling a faithful time in God's word, even if it seems robotic, even if it seems silly, even if you're about to say, forget this, I'm out. To believe that God, his time is so different from ours. And in that moment, you just remember Beth Moore. We're not putting anybody on any stand or idolatry. We're saying she has gone before you and can testify of God's goodness in this. And even if we screw even. up our kids, which we will, it's a guarantee. Uh, you know, exactly. That Heather, God's even bigger than that. Like, what is. are we thinking? Do we really think that we're God and we're that powerful that we can create perfect kids? So his first I'm, two sins. I'm with you. I kids, wanna, one killed the other. So whatever. Yeah. I want to make sure that I say something, this is talk about this mystery of how all of this can work, but I want our listeners to understand something, our, our yeah. fellow moms in whatever part of the journey that they're in, even if their kids are 40, 50 years old and they're still suffering through, I'm talking about the, the mom who may now be a grandmother yeah. suffering yeah. through, oh, yeah. all yeah. that we wish we could redo. But mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you something. This is what turning to Jesus with my angst and unfulfilled expectations has done for me. I want you to understand something. I come from a background of sexual abuse. I had a very, very unstable home. I married straight into instability. I was in a stable situation as if the unhealthy part of me completely sabotaged my future. And I went, no, I choose this. I choose instability. I went straight into it again. I've had all manner of problem. I fell deeply into defeat. I can name you all sorts of things and what some of them would have seen if they have any view of social media. I've come under all manner of criticism, all manner of obstacle. I am going to tell you the God honest truth. I would not trade lives with anybody on the planet. And if I had 30 seconds of the ability to think clear thoughts before I was about to go home to Jesus, I'm saying if I knew I will be alive 30 more seconds, I still would cast my eyes toward heaven and say, I have had the biggest blast with you. I still, with all of the turmoil, I'm still going to tell you, he made my life such a wild ride. I would not trade it for anything. And he will do it for anybody out there who gives him that kind of place in their life. Mm. Y'all, Heather, you <laughs> just let us in. And I thank you because I couldn't Girl. love it more. I mean... <laughs> I have been waiting for this kind of information for mom for years because no one's willing. So thank you. We need it. We need it. We need it. The enemy lies. He isolates. He tells us we're the only one and we're not. And so we need the hope of Jesus and we, we need our spiritual mama to tell us I've been there, done that. God's good. Mm. So thank you. And y'all this new book's out. So we even talk about it, but it's all the same thing. I mean, find yourself in a place where you are chasing Jesus and find your life fruitful. And it's fantastically written. My friend Stephanie was your editor and she did such a great job. I think she's, you are amazing. She's amazing. 
this is a great work. Y'all check it out. Chasing Vines. Oh, Beth, the legacy. legacy. Heather, would you, I have had so much fun with you. I'd do this again with you in a heartbeat. Okay, good. Would you let me pray for them before we end this? That's amazing. I'm going to sit, I'm going to crawl out of this chair and get straight on my knees. And and Mm -hmm. mama, if you need to, if you're in a place where you can, why why don't you do it too? And, um, anybody else that driving the car, don't try it. Um, uh, rocking your babies. Don't, if they're sleeping, don't, yeah, wake, don't them wake them up. Don't wake them up. That okay. attitude of the heart. But I want to lift you to the father. God, I thank you that I can tell my sisters with absolute confidence that you are going to be faithful to them. And I thank you, father, that I can tell them that it is in the daily Lord. There were so many times, God, that I thought, I don't know how we're we're still going to be making it in five years. I wish I could take back, Lord, all the worries about where will we be in a year? How will I still be making it with this man or in this situation in a year? When all you asked me to do was look to you and go, Lord, Give me this day my daily bread. Lord, we spend so much energy living in dread of the future, thinking we're not going to make it. When, When we get to those moments, there will be the grace there that we need. So, Father, I ask you for supernatural trust in these mothers. I ask you that right now you would settle and establish their hearts that they are so intimately known by you that you know where they're trying so hard. You also know where life did not live up to their expectations, where their hearts are broken, where their feelings got hurt, where they're they're carrying a wound that they've had to say, oh, I've forgotten it, I've forgiven, but it just still keeps bothering them. You, that you see all of it, that you know all of it, and that you are tending tenderly to them. Mm-hmm. I pray, Father, that they will rest in the assurance that they There is nothing they can do to shake your love or even shake away your presence with them. I thank you, Father. You yourself are our daily bread. It's not just something you give to us. It's not just in the provision. It's in the presence. So, Father, I pray for somehow, and Lord, that's what the book is about anyway, is this abiding. I pray, God, that you would just do this miracle of drawing them into a closer place of abiding with you, of an awareness and a trust that you are at work, Lord, and that you know their hearts, Father, and that you would take their efforts, Father, and you'd multiply it, God, in a way that is really not even rational to the human mind, that that they would be able to say the same thing that I can say and that I know Heather can say about you, Lord, and that's that you are so much better than you have to be. You, even according to your word, you do not owe us all the kindness or that we get from you your grace is astounding to us and so god i just entrust each one of them to you fill her with hope tell her how faithful you're going to be to her tell her how you're going to get her through i pray father that you would raise their children to love you. Whatever that looks like, Father, whatever path they are on, that the end result of that path will be that they come to know there is no one else like Jesus and that the one and only of scripture is their one and only. And I ask you all of these things by faith, believing in the name and power of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes, Heather. I th- yes, holy ground. Yes, <laughs> Heather. I cannot thank you enough for having me. Oh my goodness! Thank you, Beth, th- so so much. Isn't it great when someone lets you in to their story when they're vulnerable and they're real? And I'm always thankful for Beth going first. She has led us in so many different ways, and to trust us with the parts of her story you may not been familiar with, I wasn't fully familiar with. Such an honor. Don't you feel honored? Also, a model for us to do the same in our communities. And I want to acknowledge if her bringing up her desires for spiritual growth in her kids and in her husband stirred something in you and there's a person that came to mind, I want to encourage you to continue to intercede. And maybe you've been asking God for decades that this person would be all in 
for the gospel, that they would not just talk about God or maybe attend a church even, but like to really know his love for them and to really grasp the good news of connection with God and that performance isn't the thing, but just unconditional love is what's going to pull them in. I know you might be weary. One idea is have a friend that could maybe pray for your person and you pray for their person. I also want you to know that it's God's desire too for that person to come to him and that he is orchestrating in ways that you can't see and to trust him in that. So I just want to acknowledge that. She prayed over us, so I don't feel the need to pray over us because I'm going to try to pull that clip and that prayer and just get it on repeat. I'm going to find a way to share it with y'all beyond just the end of this episode so that y'all can just have it ready and um, be encouraged by that. Uh, If you are someone looking for community, we have a little tool to help you create the thing that you're longing for. It's our Don't Mom Alone podcast clubs. What it looks like is it's very organic. You come up with who to invite, where to meet, when to meet, how often to meet, and we provide discussion questions um, for these episodes. Just go to our website, click on the link, and you'll get the resources you need. There's a leader's guide. There's a a guide for helping promote discussion. And to me, it's like two gals meeting at the park, or I know it's cold outside. A group just reached out to me that they're meeting at the Y, and their kids are swimming in the kiddie pool, and they are having their discussion while their kids are splashing around. So this does not have to be complicated, but we love that you meet in real life and that you share what's actually going on and that you're vulnerable just like Beth was. Also, if you don't want to miss an episode, we have great guests coming up. Go to holaheather.com, H-O-L-A, heather.com, and you can sign up to get those um, links straight into your email inbox so you don't miss an episode. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Thanks for sharing with your friends. Thanks for posting on Instagram when you do listen. Y'all are the best marketers I could ask for. So thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.